What's up, guys? Leah Pika here. Today, I'm taking you back to school on a little discussed topic in the corporate world to help you get to the head of the class. Stay tuned to find out what today's topic is on the Present Beyond Measure Show, episode 36. Welcome to the Present Beyond Measure Show, a podcast at the intersection of analytics, data visualization, and presentation awesomeness. You'll learn the best tips, tools, and techniques for creating analytics visualizations and presentations that inspire data-driven decisions and move you forward. If you're ready to get your insights understood and acted upon, you're in the right place. And now your host, Leah Pika. Hey guys, welcome to the 36th episode of the Present Beyond Measure Show, the only podcast at the intersection of presentation, data visualization, and analytics. This is the place to be if you're ready to make maximum impact and create credibility through thoughtfully presented insights. I am kicking off this fall with some very exciting new developments for you. Once I get a few private workshops out of the way this month, I'm going to be working on launching a brand new virtual live web class that is going to translate all of my private workshop material to a virtual environment and community that any analyst, marketer, consultant, all over the world will be able to take. It will not be reserved just for uh, people working for corporate agencies and companies anymore. So if you're interested in finding more out about that, definitely drop me a note at leahpika.com slash content, contact, sorry, and I will get you a link to find out more information. And if you're planning on attending the Digital Analytics Hub in October in Austin, or if you already are, let me tell you what you need to do right now. Since it's the premier analytics conference in the country, super intimate format, ultra high quality speakers and content, and I have the supreme privilege of delivering not only the keynote, but my private Inspired Insights Data Storytelling Workshop that day. So definitely check it out. You can find out everything you need to know and sign up at leahpika.com slash hub. And before I want to jump into the show, I just want to take a moment to read a really nice review uh, that the show got on iTunes. So this is from Autumn Schultz. 10 out of 10 would recommend Leah absolutely nails it with this podcast. It's by far one of my favorite shows to listen to when I want to know more about applying data to my marketing efforts. I would wholeheartedly recommend this show to anyone looking to learn about digital analytics. Well, thank you so much, Autumn. That really means a lot when people take time out of their very, very busy days to show me that I'm on the right track for you and this is really serving you. So remember, as a show of thanks, I'll be reading out my favorite reviews to show my appreciation. So if you'd like to leave a review and get a shout out, please visit the show in iTunes, leahpika.com slash iTunes and click ratings and reviews. I really appreciate you. So this episode has been probably a year in the making because I've just been trying to figure out how to crack the code and expose this audience to a different side of communicating insights to our stakeholders. We've talked a lot and talked to a lot of experts about visual display of information and planning and productivity and things like that. But what we haven't really broached 
is what's going on in the minds of people, of stakeholders. We kind of started to get into this a little bit in a past show with Evan LaPointe. That was an amazing episode. And I was so inspired by that, that I thought that I really want to bring a totally new concept that it's very likely you might not have heard of yet. So I'm really excited to bring this to you today. So it's all about why our audiences and stakeholders can get our goats during presentations. So at every workshop and speaking session, I am inevitably asked why our clients, bosses, VPs, C-levels, why do they say the darndest things during presentations? Why are they trying to throw us off our game? Why are they trying to make us feel uncomfortable? Asking that a possible question, repeatedly interrupting you, undermining your authority on the subject. It can make presenting data feel pretty darn unfulfilling. And I know this so well myself, having 12 years of experience in that field. And I not only can sympathize because I'm aware that the general consensus that public speaking is the number one public enemy, (laughs) people don't love it. And it's probably in no small part to the unexpected and unanticipated questions and comments we receive while we're up there trying to be authoritative and get out of there alive. But the bigger problem is not understanding what's at the root of those difficult questions and comments. And I want to give you an invaluable tool set today for decoding what is really going on behind them. I hope you're ready. Let's do it. That tool set is called the six human needs. So you're probably very familiar with a little known personality named Tony Robbins, uh, exemplary life coach and all around international superstar. And he has publicized a tool set and a framework called the six human needs framework. My understanding is that this human needs framework is based on uh, Abraham Maslow's hierarchy. It's a pyramid of needs that every human needs. And the bottom of the pyramid goes from the most basic needs for survival that we have. And they travel up the pyramid to go through belonging, psychological needs, and then self-fulfillment needs. So the idea behind that pyramid is as your foundational needs on the bottom are filled, you're able to ascend and rise up to need other things that get closer to something called self-actualization, which is achieving one's full potential. Now, Tony, I feel kind of simplified things and and made them really concrete and easy to understand. And in an entrepreneur article he wrote detailing these needs, uh, this is how he summed it up. There are six basic universal needs that make us tick and drive all human behavior. Combined, they are the force behind the crazy things other people do, not us, (laughs) and the great things that we do, winky smiley. We all have the same six needs, but how we value those needs and in what order determines the direction of our life. Now, I first learned about this framework uh, from my relationship coach. Her name is Stacy Martino of relationshipdevelopment.org. 
And this was groundbreaking information for me because I was in a mindset that all of my problems in relating to others were entirely external, that something must be wrong with everyone else except for me. But what this needs framework actually told me was that the needs that I had inside I was trying to fill in a certain way, and that clashed with the way that other people were trying to meet their needs. And because we're all walking around unaware of this way of living, we are just colliding with each other. So one of the tools that I thought was really valuable that she gave me was to think about putting on a pair of needs goggles. Put on a pair of goggles on your eyes right now. Close your eyes unless you're driving. Close your eyes and imagine you're wearing these goggles. And when you open your eyes, you're going to look at the people around you and you're going to stop seeing them as walking, talking, question and insult machines. And you're going to start seeing them as live human beings who are carrying around buckets of needs on their arms that they're trying to fill. And these buckets of needs, they have holes in the bottom of them, and they're constantly emptying. So they're always walking around to other people to have those buckets filled. Those buckets of unmet needs translate directly over to what your audience and stakeholders are saying to you during presentations. And learning how to interpret them is going to give you a huge edge in your work, and it may also save your sanity. I know it saved mine. So I decided to have a little bit of fun on social media and ask my audiences, what are some of the most head scratching questions that you're getting from your audiences? The ones that really want to make you take your laptop and throw it out the window. And some people left me some good ones. Some were really specific, but some were actually pretty universal. So I've decided to take those comments and overlay the six human needs goggles on them to see the need that is driving what they're saying and how you can respond to them in a way that meets their needs and diffuses any kind of conflict that might arise or discomfort. So we're going to start with the very first need. Most people lead with this need, and it's called certainty. Certainty is knowing what's going to happen. It is a survival mechanism. It is about control. It affects how much risk we're willing to take in our lives. So when we talk about our individual risk tolerance, that is directly proportional to how high of a need for certainty that each of us have. So some of the comments that you might get that are driven by certainty, you might hear things like, am I definitely going to see this metric like visits and conversion rate or bounce rate? I really want to see time on page, or I really need to make sure that I see that report and by this date. And I want to see the slides in advance, or how does this number compare to the industry standard of our biggest competitors? These are all about alleviating fears that we're not in control of what's happening with our campaigns, with our landing pages, with our lives. All of it comes down to control and certainty. And what it really comes down to for you is building trust. I have found that many times stakeholders don't trust that all of their needs are going to get met with our data presentations, and that is going to uproot at the base their need for certainty. 
So they ask for certainty in various ways. Some are direct and clear. Some are not so direct and can be very frustrating. So what can you do if you get these kinds of questions? First, stop and recognize that this is most human beings' most important need. Say that to yourself over and over. So this is all about reassurance. Give them reassurance that they're going to get what they're looking for. That is essential. Reassure them that if you don't have an answer for them during the meeting, that they're going to find out right afterwards and you're going to get back to them. Make sure that they know that you're going to have a conversation with them to hear them out about what kinds of concerns they have. All about reassurance, and that's all about building trust. You want to let them know they can be certain that their needs are going to get met, and then all of their other needs are going to be able to be met a lot easier. The next need is the counterbalance to that to certainty, which is uncertainty and variety. <laughs> so, you know, if our favorite fruit is apples and we ate apples three times a day, and that's all we ate, pretty soon oranges are going to start getting our mouth watering, even though we thought apples was our favorite and they, we might even not want apples anymore. Uncertainty or variety is the spice of life. And that definitely translates to how people look at and what they want to get from our presentations. Surprise me. I want adventure. I want something new. So, you know, questions you might get are like, stop showing us the same metrics. Uh, show me everything you have, every metric you have in the system. Um, can you make this prettier or flashier? This looks kind of boring. God, I'm so sick of bar charts. All of those kinds of comments are all about a need for variety and uncertainty. They want to know what's going to happen, but they also kind of don't want to know what's going to happen. It's really a balance you have to strike. So what can you do to help meet your stakeholders' need for uncertainty? Well, get more creative about what you're going to present to them. And the way to do that is to start talking to them. Ask them more questions. Ask them, what's hot on your plate right now? What's keeping you up at night? What is going to make you successful this quarter? And if you can, stop rehashing the same exact insights and metrics at every meeting. I would love to see more data presentations, have less than 50 of the same metrics, and maybe five, with three changing every time. <laughs> you keep your North Star metrics in there, and then change it up. Keep the high-level pulse check stuff, you know, what people really need to know, but then change up the major story points every time, and it's unlikely they're going to get bored in your boardroom. One of the best ways to do that is to adopt a presentation planning framework that I teach in my workshops. So if you're interested in learning more, I, again, really highly recommend heading over to leahpeekacom slash workshops and getting you and your team equipped with the right tool sets and mindsets for keeping them interested. Now, the next need is probably the one that I see creating the most head scratching behaviors in meetings and presentations. That need is for significance. This is the need to have meaning, importance, we all want to feel important and special and unique and needed by others. 
We want to be seen by others and we want to be worthy of their attention. And every day we as human beings need to feel significant to the people around us and we will figure out ways on how to get it. Now, unfortunately, this is the one that tends to rear its ugly, unrecognized head the most during meetings. They look like incorrigible questions and comments. It looks like constant interruptions, rambling and and taking things way off track. It looks like answering questions with more questions. You know, this is the client or boss who is constantly calling you or checking up on what you're doing or always questioning you during these meetings. That is actually probably an intensive blend of significance and certainty at play. And those two are the two needs buckets that most humans lead with every single day. You know, I once witnessed a CEO outwardly dubbing himself the highest paid person in the room and that he would gladly veto anyone that disagreed with him simply because he was the hippo. So a lot of those things are kind of not the most attractive ways of filling those needs for people. So we have to think of ourselves, how can we actually meet those needs so they don't have to resort to those kinds of tactics? So a couple of the questions that I got back on social media, one of them was, you know, can you tell us how our LinkedIn followers performed on our site in the last year? And, you know, they had a total of five LinkedIn posts out of which the last one was 14 months ago. But we still really want to know how many followers do we have? Or it's really important to see how many visits we got to the microsite. Definitely visits. That hunger for understanding how important the people themselves are, how important the website is. These are ways of feeding that significance bucket. And it's really important to recognize it for what it is. Don't judge. We all have that need and figure out how you can meet that need for them. So what can you do in these situations? I'm going to give you a formula for success that works really well to diffuse people's constant need for significance. Stop yourself from responding and listen. So hard, I know, (laughs) but stop and listen. Listen until they're finished talking. So often, all we have to do to meet someone's need for significance is to just listen to them and let them finish talking. We are so well-trained to jump in and interrupt each other as soon as we know someone is wrong. We know that they're wrong. So we're going to interrupt them ourselves. But listening is the key. No matter how off the rails they are, stopping and listening is the key. Then I'm going to give you the next key. And this is even harder. I struggle with this every single day. You're going to acknowledge what it is they're saying. You're going to do something that's called mirroring. So I'm hearing you say that you're questioning the numbers behind the last chart that we had because you saw something that's making you think differently. Do I have that right? Yes? 
That's called mirroring. You didn't overlay your own interpretation of it. You didn't overlay what you thought about it. And you didn't overlay the solution to whatever it is they were saying. You just mirrored back exactly what they said. So once they say, yes, you have that right, probe even further. Ask, can you tell me more about that? You know, I know why. Why would I ask someone who's already taking so much up airspace to actually keep going? The reason is because you may get to the real meat of what they're saying and diffuse a potential uncomfortable moment or argument during the meeting because they're allowing to peel that onion back. And I've seen conflict arise when we jump in to try to fix whatever the first thing is that they've said. I've witnessed it all too many times. All we have to do, again, this is your formula. You stop. You listen. You acknowledge them and then probe a little further. It is a recipe for success in meeting someone's need for significance when they are beginning to take up space in a meeting. And that formula will help you in all areas of communication in your life. All right, now we're coming to the fourth need, which is the need for love and connection. Now, this one makes us think of romantic love and connection, and that may not apply to this corporate context. However, connection is something that human beings need to survive. It is the oxygen of life, as Tony Robbins puts it. And it happens to be a critical piece of our job satisfaction. I mean, think about it. You're probably happiest in your job roles when you have a small community and you have people you can rely on and you have friends at work. That all bubbles up into love and connection and we all need it. And believe it or not, you can create connection with your stakeholders and clients. If you want to reframe your mindset around it, you could choose to think of them as friends, as compatriots, as allies. So what can you do here? Try to relate to them. Find common ground with them. You know, do they love the same football team? Do they love playing tennis? Do they love watching Stranger Things? Do you have the same age kids? What's the common ground between you? Because relationships are all about relating. So do not be afraid to do it. You might find that you're strengthening a bond and smoothing out some wrinkles with them along the way. And that's going to make your relationship with them a lot more harmonious. Now, these first four needs are what Tony calls the needs of the personality. Basic humanness needs them. The next two needs are what he says are needs of the spirit. They reach towards the top of that Maslow period I mentioned earlier, and they move us towards self-actualization, a sense of purpose and meaning to our lives. So the people that lead with the next two needs are meeting the other four needs so well that they're able to reach for more beyond just basic survival day to day. The first need in the spirit realm is for growth. This is the need for constant emotional, intellectual, and spiritual growth and awareness. So who are these people? 
These are the stakeholders who are actually invested in understanding your work. They're picking up the books you're reading. They're bringing interested and relevant and provocative questions to their meetings. They're the ones sending you articles that seem like you'd be interested in them. You want to love these people. Make them your allies because your collaboration with them will make them savvier as stakeholders, and that will actually help them meet their incessant need for growth. So the next time you get annoyed that a stakeholder is peppering you with questions, but they're actually relevant and they show a genuine interest in understanding, first, recognize that they just might be trying to meet their own need for growth, and that could actually really benefit you if you let it. Now, the sixth and final need, and this is one I really hope everyone listening takes away and thinks about this one long and hard. This one is for contribution. Contribution is all about service to others. It is our highest purpose and selves on this earth, acting as a member of the global community and giving something back in gratitude for the abundance that we have in our lives. It's the idea that we have so much in our lives that we allow it to spill over to the others who really need it. So what do these people look like? People really focused on contribution have behaviors like philanthropy. They're always pitching in to help. They're volunteering to take on tough follow-ups. Any way that they can help you, they do. Please make these folks your allies as well because they will help you get stuff done. They will help you move mountains. They will be your advocates for big projects. And they tend to be a a joy to be around because they're the ones who are walking around with a sense of innate contentment and maybe even radiance. And that's possibly because according to Tony, the secret to living is giving. And if you decide to make this one of your leading needs, you're going to find out that showing up to serve when you present to your stakeholders is going to fill all of your other buckets because you're filling the satisfaction of your audience. This was a game changer in the satisfaction that I derived of presenting to my clients and audience because I always showed up in service. And another great way that you can meet your need for contribution is actually participate in the Women in Analytics Mentorship Program by the Digital Analytics Association. I'm actually just getting started as a mentor, and I'm really excited to begin working with mentees on the path to becoming stellar presenters and storytellers. So you can actually find the link to join that group on the show notes page. But any specific ways that you can find to contribute and give back, you're going to really find that it fills all of your other buckets. And the more that you partner with people that have that same drive, the more amazing your general satisfaction in jobs and life is going to be. Okay, so we have arrived at the upgrade, which is a power tip that makes doing your job of presenting your insights and ideas even more awesome. So to keep with the theme of the show, I'm going to give you some homework for today's class. So much of the communication technique I use in all areas of my life now is based on something called nonviolent communication or NVC. 
and it was created by the late master communicator Marshall Rosenberg. If you want to learn a whole new side of relating to people at work, at home, on the train, your pets, wherever, this three-hour training, yes, it is three hours, but it will blow your mind open. The cornerstones of NVC are compassion, curiosity, and empathy, and it is highly empathetic on learning to meet the needs of others. And I have found it to be really game-changing in how I relate to all of my clients and stakeholders. So I can't recommend it enough. So I hope this was useful to you. Conscious communication in corporate settings is becoming something of a passion of mine. So please stay tuned for more on this particular area. I think that so much of our job satisfaction is rooted in the health of our work relationships. So I'd love to help you get the most out of them. And now I'd like to hear from you. What are some of the most infuriating, inflammatory, head-shaking things that your stakeholders and clients are saying during meetings? And how could you see them differently using the needs goggles that I just put on you? Please leave a comment on the show notes page or email me, tweet me whichever. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this topic. To catch all the links and resources mentioned in this episode, visit the show notes page at leahpeka.com slash 036. I would love if you could leave me a comment or suggestions because I want to hear about the challenges you face when presenting information. And if you like what you've heard, don't forget to hop on over to iTunes to subscribe, leave a rating and review. Or you can tweet me a question for the show by including my Twitter handle, which is at Leapika, and include the hashtag PBM. And today's presentation inspiration is from Tony Robbins, yes. And he sums it up like this. The quality of your life equals the quality of your relationships. And it really couldn't be more true. Look at your stakeholders with fresh eyes that say, hmm, I don't love what they just said, but I wonder if there's a good reason why they said it and what needs they think aren't being met. Because you may already be a stakeholder, or one day as you climb the ranks, you may become a stakeholder too, and you'll have buckets of needs that you're relying on your analyst or marketer to fill. And you'll really appreciate if they look at you with those goggles and collaborate with you to fill your needs. In fact, I challenge you to turn those goggles on yourself today. Ask yourself, what are the needs I lead with the most? And how am I filling them in every day? Is how I'm filling them making my colleagues' lives easier or harder? The answer may surprise you. So that's it for today. I'm wishing you an amazing close to the summer and wonderful start to the fall. Class is dismissed. Namaste and Namago. Namaste.